It's time for a Swedish Fika with some Swedish fun facts with your host, Pixel Pia. In today's episode, I want to share some ideas for those of you that have ever thought about taking a vacation in Sweden. I will start by talking about travel restrictions and talking about some general things that you need to know like where to stay, how to travel within Sweden and some tips when it comes to food. I will then talk about places to visit and activities to take part in. For that part of the episode, I will talk about four different regions in Sweden, plus the capital, Stockholm. I will talk about East Coast, West Coast, South and North. That way, I hope everyone can find something that is interesting to you. At the end of the episode, I will give you some general tips when it comes to interaction with Swedes and some useful phrases in Swedish for those of you that would like to learn. So with that introduction, let's get into the episode. We all know how travel in general has changed since the pandemic started. But as of April 1st, 2022, there is no longer an entry ban to Sweden. But I recommend that you follow information about your destination at the Swedish Embassy's website. If you are visiting Sweden from a non-EU country, it is also important that you make sure you familiarize yourself with how your travel insurance will work before you leave. So how can you stay in Sweden? Accommodation, like everything in Sweden, is not cheap. So let's start with the cheapest alternative, camping. Sweden has what is called the right to roam, a right that makes it possible for you to put up a tent on even private land as long as you are not close to the home or on farmland or a garden. This is absolutely free. And I have done a special episode about the right to roam and it will be linked in the description. There are also campgrounds where you pay on average between 20 and 30 dollars per night for one tent with two adults. The price may vary depending on the type of facilities the campground offers, like toilets and showers. To step it up a bit, you can choose to stay at a hostel. Hostels can be found from $25 up to $65 per night, depending on what part you are in of the country and in what type of accommodation. You can find private rooms and dorm rooms. Some will include bed linen, while others you have to bring your own. If we look at hotels, the price range is so much wider. The average cost for a hotel room per night in Sweden is $88, but the range of cost is between $50 up to $225. And if you are lucky and stay a bit further away from the major cities, you might find hotels as low as $20 per night. Alternative to hotels might be Airbnb or vacation rentals. The cost for a one-bedroom Airbnb is between $50 up to $150. And for renting an entire home, the cost will be somewhere between $150 to $500 per night. No matter what accommodation you choose, as I said, it is not cheap 
compared to many other destinations. But I am biased, so I say it's worth it. Let's now talk a little bit about food and drink in Sweden. And yes, as you probably guessed, this is not always cheap either. Eating out in Sweden is expensive, but there are also some advantages compared to the US. Tipping is not something that is expected. So what the check says is what you pay, often just rounded up to the nearest 20 Swedish crowns, which is about $18. I did an episode about dining out in Sweden, where I talk a little bit more in detail about the differences between eating out in Sweden compared to the US, and the link will be in the description. You can get cheap street food from outdoor vendors starting at around $5 or hot dogs at a hot dog kiosk at the same price. But if you want to enjoy a sit-down meal at a restaurant, the price goes up. A three-course meal at an average restaurant for two people will cost you around $80. Most dishes start around $20 at the average restaurant. But if you take advantage of the lunch prices and shows Dagens Rätt, today's special. You can get a decent meal for around $10. If you add drinks to that, especially of the adult character, you will soon increase your check. A beer usually costs around $7. A bottle of wine, around $30. And a soda, around $2. And remember that Soft drinks usually don't include free refills. If you are staying at an Airbnb or renting a vacation home and do your own cooking, you may be able to keep the cost down to around $70 per person per week. That is excluded alcohol. When it comes to alcohol, it is important to know that you can only buy it at Systembolaget, the state-owned liquor store, and the opening hours are limited. I also did an episode about Swedes' ambivalent relationship with alcohol, or as I called it, the drunk Swede. And I have a link to that in the description as well. Another thing that sometimes surprises visitors is that you can drink the tap water. So investing in a refillable bottle is a great idea and just fill it up with the water from the tap. Not only is it drinkable, but it is also delicious. Before we look at places I recommend that you visit, let me first mention the public transportations in Sweden. Whether you are traveling within a city or you will travel from one part of Sweden to another, the transportation system is not just affordable. It is also convenient and you can get almost everywhere without any trouble using buses, subways, trams and trains. The alternative is renting a car, which is expensive. And if you are an American and think the gas prices here are are outrageous at the moment, you should know that... In Sweden, the price is around $9 per gallon, or 24 Swedish crowns per liter. So now let's take a look at places to visit and things to do in Sweden. And we start with Stockholm, the capital of Sweden, 
which encompasses 14 islands and more than 50 bridges on an extensive Baltic Sea archipelago. Since Sweden can be cold and dark in the winter, the best time of the year to visit Stockholm is between May and September. The days are long and the weather is pleasant. You should visit the archipelago, at least take one of the many guided boat tours that take you around a portion of it. And another guided boat sightseeing tour that can be of interest is under the bridges of Stockholm. Under Stockholm's Broar, where you will see a lot of what Stockholm has to offer from the seaside. If you are interested in history, I have a few suggestions for you. The first one is the Vasa Museum, which has become a natural part of Stockholm's skyline. Its masts rising high above Djurgården have become a beacon guiding curious tourists and Stockholmers alike. I have earlier made an episode about the ship Vasa and its history, and if you missed that, I will have a link in the description. Another place for those interested in history is Skansen. Skansen is the world's oldest open-air museum, showcasing the whole of Sweden with houses and farmsteads from every part of the country. At Skansen you can discover Sweden's history and find out how Swedes once lived according to the changing seasons, through the customs and traditions, work, celebrations and everyday life of times gone by. And of course we have a couple of castles that are worth a visit. The first one is the Royal Palace in center Stockholm, one of Europe's largest and most dynamic palaces. The Royal Palace of Stockholm is His Majesty's the King's official residence and is also the setting for most of the monarchy's official receptions, open to the public year-round. Besides visiting the castle and its many exhibitions, you shouldn't miss the Royal Guard, which is also one of our most popular tourist attractions. The changing of the guard takes place every day of the year. However, the ceremonial march through central Stockholm, accompanied by a full military band, is usually only possible from May to August. The second castle is about 30 minutes north of Stockholm and can be reached by a boat trip from Stockholm for about $20, and that is Drottningholm Palace, which is on UNESCO's World Heritage List. It is the most well-preserved royal castle built in the 17th century in Sweden, and at the same time is representative of all European architecture for the period. The palace is their majesties the king and queen's permanent home residence. The room in the southern wing of the palace are reserved for this purpose. The rest of the palace and the grounds are open to the public year around. And when in Stockholm, you should also take your time to ride the subway. The Stockholm subway system is said to be the world's longest art exhibit. 110 kilometers long, around 68 miles. Traveling by subway is like traveling through an exciting story that extends from the artistic pioneers of the 1950s 
to the art experiments of today. Stockholm subway system is truly one of a kind. 100 stations, each with unique art on its platform, walls, or waiting hall. Another must when in Stockholm is to stroll through Old Town, Gamla Stan. The Old Town dates from the 13th century, but most buildings are from the 18th and 19th century. It is a glorious labyrinth of charming cobbled streets, alleyways, faded mustard and rust-colored townhouses, and meeting squares. Now, let's talk about the east of Sweden and the Baltic Sea. On the mainland, in the southeast, we find the Kingdom of Crystal, Glasriket. Glasriket is a cultural hub nestling in the province of Småland in southern Sweden and covers a vast area between the cities of Växjö and Kalmar. The history of this famous glass district stretches back to 1742, the year Costa Glasbruk, now known as Costa Boda, began hand-blowing glass here. Sweden's largest island, Gotland, is also worth a visit. Gotland can be reached by air or by ferries from Nynäshamn, south of Stockholm, or from Oskarshamn in Småland. Gotland is a paradise island with characterful wilderness and a coastline punctuated with sandy beaches as sculptural seasteads. Historically significant, its main town, Visby, is a Viking-era wonder on UNESCO's World Heritage Site. Visby's historic townscape features a high number of significant architectural buildings and structures dating back to the 13th century. Wrapping around the century-old center is Ringmuren, the Visby city wall, complete with towers and gates which was built between 1250 and 1288. Sweden's second largest island, Öland, is also worth a visit and can be reached by car since there is a 6 kilometer or 3.7 miles bridge connecting the island to the east coast of Småland in Kalmar. The unique nature and mild climate make it an ideal holiday destination for royals and common folk alike. Now let's take a look at the south of Sweden and the province of Skåne. First let's take a look at Malmö just across the Öresund Strait from Copenhagen in Denmark. Malmö is the third largest city in the country. A swirl of diversity, a mismatch of old and new. Malmö is one of the most eclectic cities in Scandinavia. Spiraling skyscrapers loom above bustling century-old squares. An unassuming brick facades house, a treasure of modern artistic creation. Founded in the late 1200s, Malmö originally belonged to Denmark, only becoming Swedish in 1658. Today, the city is home to over 316,000 people, a true melting pot of cultures with residents hailing from over 170 countries. One of the county's definite 
Gems is Österlen. The coastal region nestled in Skåne southeast is known for its, its pristine white sand beaches and is a popular destination for Swedes during the summer months. Now let's move over to the west coast of Sweden. And we start in Sweden's second largest city, Göteborg or Gothenburg, which combines vibrant urbanity, a friendly vibe and seaside charm. It also has culinary prowess. Gothenburg was founded in 1621 by King Gustav II Adolf and established itself as an important commercial fishing hub. In Gothenburg, you should visit its almost 100-year-old amusement park, Liseberg. Liseberg first swung open its gates in 1923, and it's known for its roller coasters, but offers a thrilling range of rides for the whole family. Another favorite destination with locals and visitors alike is Slottskogens Park, a sprawling haven of greenery combining cultivated parkland and nat- natural forest. Gothenburg is considered one of the world's top craft beer hubs, counting numerous names to its growing list of breweries. The city even hosts one of the world's biggest beer and whiskey festivals every spring, the GBG Beer Week, inviting you to take part in workshops, tastings and beer launches. North of Gothenburg you will find the province Bohuslän, stretching along the west coast of Sweden from Gothenburg to the Norwegian border. Bohuslän is a seaside paradise celebrated for its seafood delicacies, cultural heritage and numerous outdoor activities, boating and sailing included. Key destinations include Smögen, Marstrand, Lysekil, the Coaster Islands, Fjällbacka, Grebbestad, Uddevalla and Strömstad. Hotspots such as the island of Smögen, which is famously picturesque Smögen Peak. In the north of Bohuslän you will find Kosterhavet National Park, Sweden's first marine national park. It is attractive for hiking, paddling, diving, swimming and other nature experiences, both on and by the island, along the marine land and on the outlying sea coast. And finally, let's talk about the north of Sweden. The northern part of Sweden offers a wide range of things to do, regardless of the season. During early summer, you can enjoy the unique midnight sun. In winter, the spectacular northern lights, known as the greatest light show on earth, can be seen in the Swedish Lapland. Northern Sweden is also home to the Sami, one of the world's indigenous people. And you might find some very unique accommodations in these parts of Sweden. And here are a few examples. First we have the award-winning Sapri Nature Camp, owned and operated by a local Sami family. This place encourages you to experience the Arctic indigenous life in this 
Laponia World Heritage Area, offering both autumn and winter package tours. You will experience unique vast landscapes with unspoiled Arctic nature where Sami people have lived for thousands of years. The camp consists of double rooms in the form of lavu tents, furnished with comfortable beds and efficient stoves that keep you warm regardless of the outside temperatures. Next we have the Tree Hotel. In the northern parts of Sweden, in the midst of a pine wood forest, lies the architectural highlight. Let your childhood fantasies come to life in these tree houses. Suspended 4 to 10 meters above ground, and you can choose from different designs, such as the mirror cube, a 4 by 4 by 4 meter cube-shaped treehouse covered in reflective glass and one meter is about one yard or the bird's nest designed to look just like a giant bird's nest the tree hotel is the ultimate place to experience forest bathing the swedish way And then we have the Ice Hotel. Every year, when the winter comes, the pristine waters of the meandering Torne River slows down and freeze into ice. On one chilly day in 1989, the first ever Ice Hotel was hand-sculptured out of these massive ice blocks harvested from this very river running alongside. Today, over three decades later, the Ice Hotel has become a must-visit Swedish landmark for travelers from all parts of the globe. Each winter, since the first and original Ice Hotel was built, passionate artists gather in the modest town of Jukasjärvi to build a new rendition of this Arctic wonder. When the spring comes, the hotel is then left to melt and find its way back to nature. Each coming winter brings a -a one-of-a-kind version of the Ice Hotel, promising a new set of treasured memories just waiting to unfold in this stunning Swedish destination. Now let me give you some general tips for a successful vacation in Sweden. First, most Swedes speak excellent English, but they are in general somewhat reserved. And if you want to know more about Swedes and how to interact socially, you can listen to my episode The Law of Janta with a link in the description. I also have a link to another episode I did about the almost cashless Sweden. The fact is that many places in Sweden don't accept cash payments nowadays. So it is necessary for you to use a credit or debit card. Another thing that's very important for Swedes is recycling. So make sure, first of all, that you don't litter. If you do, you can get fined. Also make sure that you put your trash in the correct trash bin. Recycling is important, but you usually don't have to look far to find a trash can, which are spread around, at least in the big cities, everywhere. We talked a little bit about food and let me tell you that if you are vegetarian or vegan, you have nothing to worry about. 
there is plenty for you to eat at almost every restaurant. And let's mention the weather. It's very hard to give a general description of the weather in Sweden. It very much depends on what part of Sweden you visit and what time of year it is. You will probably, no matter where you go, need to pack some kind of raincoat. But besides that, I suggest that you really do your research online about where you're going to go and what time of the year to find out what you need to pack. And in the beginning, I talked a little bit about health insurance. If you get sick or injured while visiting Sweden, you should know that if you are from an EU country, you have the same access to Swedish health care as a Swede. But if you are from a country outside of the EU, you better check with your travel insurance before you leave what the rules are. And before we end, let me share some Swedish words and expressions that can be good to at least be familiar with, even if you don't speak them. So we start with yes, which in Swedish is ja. Yes, ja. No, nej. Thank you. Tack. That's fine. Det är bra. You're welcome. Varsågod. Please. Snälla. Excuse me. Ursäkta mig. Förlåt. Hello. Hey. Goodbye. Adieu, or you can say, hej då. I do not understand. Jag förstår inte. Do you speak English? Talar du engelska? Or they might say, pratar du engelska? What's your name? Vad heter du? My name is, jag heter. This will be my last episode of season two. I will now take a short two-week break, but I will be back with season three on July 18th. Until then, as we say in Sweden, hej då! You can keep up with everything from a Swedish fika on a aswedishfika.com or on Facebook or Instagram as a Swedish Fika. And you can reach Pixelpia at pixelpia at a Swedish Fika.com. <laughs>